Welcome back to Rethinking Politics, episode 83. The, the odd thing about this episode is we're going to be talking about something that has been- Oh, I thought you I meant mean, the number 83. The, the odd thing about this episode, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we give you Bradley. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. The odd thing about this episode, Brad, beyond the number 83, for, for those of you who aren't mathematicians, 83 is an odd number and high level wit here. We're going to be talking about Donald Trump. Now, you may, Donald Trump is the most talked about political figure of, I don't know, forever. There's, there's so many people that have talked about Donald Trump for forever, about every little thing he did. People would, people, <laughs> ironically, in, in the least healthy way possible, people who couldn't stand him would follow his every move and read his every tweet, which seems like a bad, bad way to spend your time. It's a bad way to spend your time regardless of the politician, but especially if you hate them, this doesn't seem healthy. Um, and there's a reason for that. Donald Trump just brings out kind of the worst in American partisanship. You know, people, <laughs> people love him in a way that they don't love other politicians. And people hate him with a passion that they, they just don't have for other politicians either. It's just, just don't care enough to hate somebody that badly. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. And in fact, it's you exhausting. Could, in fact, you could argue that Trump's presidency brought out the nasty side of partisanship that had always been there, but it wasn't quite so in your face until Trump really, really pointed it out. His presidency really brought out the worst in both political party systems and in the animosity that each side felt towards the other was really brought out by Trump's presidency. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And as you said, it's, it, that stuff is actually always been there. There was no like good old days where, where people were fair and kind to each other in politics. That, those are exceptions. Uh, and those were in never like a, a, a specific era where that was the way of it. You, the, politics has always been to some degree nasty. Um, but you, that got elevated to a 10 for sure <laughs> with Donald Trump in office. And, we could go through, I mean, there's, there's lots of things that could be talked about with Trump. What we're going to focus on specifically, because there's just so much and, and to try and go through all of his words and things, we, we've talked about his policies when, back when, uh, Biden and him were running against each other for the 2020 election. Uh, we're not going to go through his policies. We're not going to go through his words. We're not going to go through how honest we think he is. We're not going to go through his personal character. What we want to look at specifically, because I think this is critical in a way that the others aren't and that bears, uh, that is worth isolating your attention and saying, saying, forget everything else, set aside, set aside your opinion of Donald Trump for now, as well as as, as much as, as you humanly, humanly can, possible. whether it's favorable or negative, set it aside for a second. And what we want to look at specifically is his actions with regard to the 2020 election. Some people will be following that in the news because of the, uh, the 20, what's the, what's the, the committee called the January the, uh, 6th committee. January 6th committee it's, it's and doing an investigation. Name, but, you know. it's for shorthand, that's as useful as anything. Um, and so included in this conversation will be January 6th and his role in it. But, but more importantly, the other actions as well. And we want it all in context. We're not going to, we're not going to, we, we've done an episode on January 6th in isolation, talking about it, what it was and what it wasn't. Um, 
but we want to look at the big picture of Trump within the context of the election and, and get as tight a frame as we can on that because Trump has been accused of really terrible things. And the accusation is of such weight that I think it's worth seriously considering and determining where Trump fits uh, in, a, in a question of, uh, of uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Trump has been accused of being a serious threat to the democracy, mm-hmm. right? He's been accused of being a, a strong man who was going to take over the government. Now, he, he didn't, or he didn't succeed, depending on uh, how you want to describe it. But I want to look at how, how accurate that is a description mm-hmm. of what he did. And, and talk about it in light of, you know, I mean, what some, how other dictators would, would go about it, right? And say, in this situation, this is what they've done. Did Trump do that kind of thing? You know, what, what, how does this stack against what other people within the U.S. government have done? And, and, and look at some of those kind of questions and take it issue by issue. I think that's a fantastic idea, Dan. I don't know how you come up with these ideas. <laughs> some kind <laughs> of good. genius. Does that sound like a good podcast? <laughs> Sidebar with Brad here, audience. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the first time I've heard of this, Dan, and I love it. I'm on board. Let's go. <laughs> over here. It'd be hilarious over if here, you're just pausing. You're like, no, you know, let's not let's, talk let's about that today. Let's not talk about that. What, let's do what, something what else. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I'm over here looking at our outline, and yep, you've stuck to it, Dan. This was our plan, and you've done it. I'm I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm you. I am no I help today, that. Dan. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm just having too much fun with it all. So to begin with, why don't we start? We'll start with with as going into the election. Um, he was absolutely confident that he was going to win. Um, he said some things before the election, but it, but more importantly, immediately as the election happens. And as the numbers come out, and it appears that he has lost, Trump declares that the election was stolen. Mm-hmm. And this is this is within. I don't have an, an actual timestamp per se, but it, I want to say it's within 24 hours of him losing the election. Well, is that, so it's, or, it's even as the numbers are coming in. Yeah. So as the numbers are coming in, he announces himself the victor. You know what I mean? So first he says, yes. "I've won," early, early on. You know, as as there's as before, even anyone announces Biden as the apparent winner, they say Trump says I've won the election. And then later on, you know, the media outlets are confident in say in projecting, no, Biden's going to win. Mm -hmm. But then it takes a couple of days for enough votes to come in for it to be 100 percent certain. No, Biden has won the electoral votes and is going to be the president. You know what I mean? He's no longer a projected winner. He right. is he is the winner. And then Trump comes out and says, no, this is this this is fraudulent. Yes. So this is the first action we want to look at. Um, he declares uh, that there's been something, some kind of malfeasance, right? He should have won the election. He didn't win the election. Um, he has, uh, as his evidence, he points to... Uh, what he sees as strange uh, anomalies in the voting trends as the votes are being counted, right? It looks like it looks like states are going his way, and suddenly they shift. Um, this action is was a mistake. Uh, there's Trump should not have said that. Trump should not have said the election was stolen without concrete evidence to assert that it was stolen, um, as if it's a proven fact. Mm-hmm. Without being able to prove it is a mistake. 
And it's irresponsible for someone in power to do that. Now, it's not some great crime. It's not some, this is the kind of thing that happens a lot, mm-hmm. um, that they make assertions without evidence. And it's not but, a direct threat to the democratic process. Yes, yes. And that's and that's an important distinction. You know, as we talk about yes. this, legality is going to get complicated because presidential legality is different than than real people legality. You know what I mean? When <laughs> when when you go about your day, there are clear things that are legal and clear things that are illegal, and the line between them is is relatively clear cut. But when you're the president of the United States, that's not the case. You know what I mean? The the decisions yeah, you make, yeah. the words that you say have far-reaching implications and it just complicates things. You know what I mean? And that's and that's why I mean, that's why Trump's been impeached twice, but was never thrown out of office. You know what I mean? Because there's mm-hmm. there's ill-defined lines that are not concrete. And what he does and doesn't do, although incredibly important, is not as clearly defined in terms of legality as anyone else would be. Yes, there are checks and balances within the Constitution that allow uh, other groups, particularly the legislature, to check some of the actions of the president, to halt them um, through various mechanisms. Beyond that, you cannot just arrest this man. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't. You can't go to your local court, file a, a complaint against Trump, and expect it to actually be carried out while he's president. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. To some degree, they are above the law, and that's they as the chief executive, the chief executor of the law. The accountability for them just isn't there. Yeah. There's no way to make it there. There's no real way to hold the president accountable. And that's where impeachment comes in. Impeachment is the trial of the legislature. And all they can do is remove him from office. They can't throw him in jail. They can't do anything like that. Um, and so it's a, yeah, legality with regards to the president, as you said, is, is different. It's different. And you shouldn't be thinking of it in terms of, did he break the law? Um, because of his prerogative, you should definitely be thinking, did he do something wrong or mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And should, and what does that mean going forward? And should there be ways to prevent that going forward and things like that? But, but in terms of, uh, should he be in prison and things like that? That's not the right question. You made him president of the United States. <laughs> that's, it's, if he should be in jail, you know, we're, we're beyond that point once he's president of the United States. Well, and, and, and to be fair, there is definitely lines that he can cross. And mm-hmm. and there is laws that he can break, and it's more than just what's right and wrong. It is about did he do something that fundamentally defies the legal system? You know what I mean? Because there because there yes. is a system yes. in place, and he yes. can do things that violate that. Yes, that he's above a lot of that mm-hmm. system, but not all of but it. But not all of yeah. it, and, and can be tried later. Yes. And so, and so, but it is complicated and it is messy. But for us, the the main thing we want to focus on is is the claim that he that he violated the integrity of the election process and that his actions were a threat to democracy in the United States. And that's what we're going to focus on rather than the legality, because because I mean that's that's fundamentally what matters is did a sitting president in the United States try and overturn an election you know what i mean right that's a way bigger threat than did he break the law yeah exactly you know what i mean we don't we don't really care if if donald trump you know if if he was for example you know doing tax evasion you know that that is a legal issue that matters whether or not he's innocent or guilty but in terms of the 
the lifespan of our democracy in terms of whether or not we're going to continue yeah. to exist the yeah. way that we have. Whether or not he committed tax evasion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. You know what I mean? But if he tried to overturn an election, that has significant and far-reaching effects going forward, not just for him, but for us. And so that's what we want to figure out. Yes. Yes, and he definitely he was definitely said something irresponsible here. Um, but in, in the scale of things, I don't think saying the election was stolen. Uh, it, it, was, it was stupid. <laughs> you shouldn't do that without concrete evidence. Um, it was irresponsible. Um, it is not a threat to our democracy. We've had people say that kind of thing before. Uh, we've had people with not in the same reaction. ways, obviously, but the but elections yes, yes. have been contested before. Yes, and and that this election was then going to be contested is not a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem. But we'll we'll look at each of the steps going forward. So after that, um, Trump, you, you this is when the stories came out. Those of us living through it, uh, this is when the stories start to come out about different ways in which the election was tampered with. You get a uh, you get people saying. Um, that there are various stories of fraud, voter fraud, you know, cars full of ballots, uh, the mail-in ballot system being corrupt. You know, you get all, you get all these various accusations, um, and anecdotes trying to show that the election system was clearly corrupt. So you get this, the idea being this little story is representative of a wide variety of stories and you hear 20 stories. And so you begin to think that maybe if you've heard these 20, there must be a hundred more. And if there are a hundred more anecdotes, there are a hundred more anecdotes like the ones that you've heard about election fraud, then maybe the whole thing is wrong, right? Maybe, maybe the, uh, there has been such wide scale election fraud that Trump may have won and that we, that because of the cheating, it would be too far. So Trump then and, and election a phase, fraud, Dan, is really please. interesting in that regard because Proving the existence of election fraud doesn't nullify the results of the election because election fraud occurs in every single election, you know, on this broad of a scale. And so it's not just about establishing that there was fraud, but discovering the scope of it, that it was significant enough to affect the actual outcome of the election. And that's an important distinction. Yes, there's going to be some fraud. Because Mm -hmm. he can Mm -hmm. definitely find some evidence, but it's not about finding some evidence. About it's about finding a significant level of evidence of some kind of far-reaching, yes. broad-scale fraud, which was never, which was never discovered, which was never there was never evidence for yeah. broad election fraud. Yes, but uh, so initially, there's the there is the claim that these little ones may imply bigger ones, right? And an investigation must be handled. Now, if we knew the end from the beginning, if we knew ahead of time that it would turn out that there wasn't wide-scale fraud, we could say this is a waste of the court's time. Pushing these cases into the legislature, into the uh, into litigation is a mistake. You the, And Trump is somehow uh, abusing the system and by trying to pursue each of these individual threads and see if any of them lead to the kind of fraud it is. But but this is the entire point of the court system and and why we have courts that can arbitrate this kind of this kind of voter fraud accusation. Mm-hmm. Um so the actual the fact that Trump tried to uh you know brought up all of these cases and pushed them into the courts is actually the system working. 
this 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 is the part where Trump actually did something responsible, um, and and then the courts handled it responsibly. And as Brad indicated, they found that there was no sign of of something large like this. Um, so Trump's actions here, as far as I'm concerned, with regards to to uh, the cases and suits, um, was exactly what you'd expect in the law. Now, how he talked about them and things again was was irresponsible in the same way that the way that he talked about the election being stolen before the you know, before the results are known, before you've actually investigated and see what happened, um, was irresponsible. But in terms of the the actions here, I, this is not. This is not the sign of some dictator in secret, right? That he wants to see if any of these, you know, that these cases are playing out in the courts. That's this so far is fine. Yeah. And that's an interesting question because I know people would argue that just by, just by saying that the election wasn't valid and by encouraging his people to believe that he posed a significant threat to democracy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There are people who believe mm -hmm. that that just that, just the stop the steal slogan is enough. And that alone qualifies as an imminent threat to our democracy. And I just don't believe that our democracy is that frail. You know, to this day, mm -hmm. you know, Donald Trump will claim that he didn't lose the election and therefore he should be president today. But if you believe that that's stopping our democratic process from still working, then you're not looking at what's happening. You know what I mean? He's still continuing yes, yes. to say things, and our government still continues to run just fine. Our our country's systems are stronger than it seems like some people believe they are. You know what I mean? It takes a lot more than discontent and statements made by – I mean by a truly important figure, absolutely, but it takes yes. more than that to to cause a system to fall apart. Um, you know, in 2000, the, the presidential election between George W. Bush and Al Gore was hotly contested and it ended up being decided by the Supreme Court who decided – and we've talked about this before – who decided not to – allowed the recount in Florida to continue. And that decision resulted in George W. Bush becoming president. And that decision was extremely controversial. And people were very, very unhappy. The Democrats were very, very unhappy and said things like, this is not just, this is not a fair election. You know, our, our guy should still be president. And that wasn't considered a grave threat to our democracy. You know what I mean? Our democracy <laughs> continued just fine after that happened. And that's the same way I feel about what's happened what happened in terms of what he said here is that it yes, it's idiotic that he's making those claims. It's idiotic that after he's left office, he's still insisting that he won. You know, it's 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 weird. It's honestly weird to read claims where he says things <laughs> like we won the 2016 election and we won the 2020 election. But but it's not a threat to our democracy in the way people think it is. Yes, I, there's actually been a, a, some numbers thrown on. I heard that as much as a third of the people at any given point don't think the last election was legitimate. Um, but I, 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 it is more common than people think for people to be questioning the legitimacy of an election. Um, and and in many 
countries in the world, obviously there's there's even better reason than there's here to, to question the legitimacy of the elections. Um, now, if you're listening up to this point, you may be wondering if this is all some, simply some kind of apology for Trump, because the partisanship around this issue is ridiculous. It's it's over the top. Again, put some trust in us. No doubt, no doubt we'll get some things wrong here. But as we're looking at these, this is it is certainly not that. And some of these later things that Trump does, absolutely unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Uh, the next one we want to talk about. Uh, Trump, there were electors selected, right? The way that the way the electoral college works is you get these electors selected, um, that then go and they, they're bound to vote for certain candidates. And the electoral college is a, is a a fairly ridiculous system that we're not going to get into in detail here. Um, There's reasons for the way it was. And those reasons were actually pretty good. And Um, almost all of those reasons no longer exist. Yeah. No longer exist or apply or function. Um, Now it's the game that is played. Mm -hmm. And the reason it doesn't change is because that would, It'd be uh, it'd be hard to change the yeah, game. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be disadvantageous to the people who have benefited from the current system, and so you, yes. and so the people who control the current system don't want you to change the current system because the current system is how they got elected. Yeah, and they figured it out, and they have the they have the infrastructure and things set up to play it. Uh, uh, so as it is, uh, it's it is what it is. You could create a different system that allowed for that put enough weight into rural areas and small states that you could, you know, you could, you could change it and you could improve it and it could actually be better and things. But for now it is the system that it is. Um, Trump tried to have, tried to get state legislatures, uh, legislators in, uh, in various states to call special sessions and to appoint new electors in essence, changing, uh, which electoral votes would go to him and which ones would get to uh, to Biden, right? Basically to have the legislatures of the state intervene in their state, change the votes in his favor. And he tried to pressure them to do this. He called, a, there was a conference call with 300 state legislators and, and him and some of his team. This is pretty naked corruption. <laughs> yeah, honestly... I don't know why we focus on January 6th I don't when either. when January 2nd exists. You know, why are we not calling it, it why are we not focusing on on this fact is something that baffles me because because I'm I'm relatively familiar with the conservative narrative because the, you know, I listen to a lot of conservative voices along with other voices, but the conservative narrative focuses on January 6th and says, "Look, here you have this guy from this random state who was protesting, and then next thing he knows, there's a group of people walking into the Capitol. You know, he wasn't there at the beginning, and next thing you know, he's walking in the Capitol, takes some pictures, and walks out, and he's being sentenced with maximum penalties for what he did there, and is being called a member of an attempted coup against the United States government organized by Trump. And they look at those facts together and say, there's nothing here. And I look at it and I say, yeah, calling this an attempted coup is insane. And the the 
the hysteria that has been raised against January 6th by so many strong voices on the left just adds to our uninterest in this whole issue. As, as they keep talking about this as this, this ultimate attack against democracy, when I'm just not seeing it, I'm not seeing the evidence for January 6th even being an insurrection instead of being a protest that turned ugly. You know what I mean? Which, yes. which is more than a protest. At that point, it is absolutely a riot. But riots are not unique in the last and two that it years. Wasn't, yeah, and then it happened at the at the the congressional building, right? This is this is all yeah, bad. It's all bad, and it is and it is interference with government operations. Yes. Absolutely, yes. absolutely, and that's more than a protest, and it is and it is a violation of the law. But it's not a coup. But it's not a coup. There was no 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 additional step. We talked about it in our episode on this. If you want to listen to it, there was no point at which you go like. They succeeded at everything that happened there, right? They got in, mm-hmm. they got control of the building, and then they did what? They took photos of themselves at people's desks, mm-hmm. right? Like they did nothing. Mm-hmm. Like they had every, they succeeded. If this was a coup and they succeeded, how come, you know? Yeah, yeah. Wh- what was the next step? There was no what? next step. There was no. There was no next step. There was this no was a plan. bunch of random people wandering into mm-hmm. a building. Anyway, that but, aside, and there were, there were definitely members of that group yeah, that so, have so there's all this motivation. focus on that yeah. instead of focusing on the true threats to the democratic process. And this conference call on January 2nd, where Trump and other members of, of his team actually encourage state legislators to convene special sessions and choose new electors in a complete violation of the election process and choose new electors who are then going to vote for Trump is him hijacking the election system in order to stay in power. Yes. Which is exactly the kind of thing that a dictator would do and is exactly the kind of thing that people should be afraid of is the person who's currently in power using his office to manipulate the system in order to stay in power in a clear act of corruption and a clear violation of of the election process. Yes. So in terms of, yeah, yes, this is absolutely corrupt in exactly the way you said. Now, it could be worse. He could have threatened them with drone. You know, he could have said, if you don't do this, I'm going to drone strike. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't do this, there will be consequences from my office. He could have exercised his power. As it was, he was exercising his influence and his office, which is not nothing, right? It's it's super corrupt. I think this is I think this is legitimately corrupt. He's telling them there was an election. Electors were chosen. Because I'm claiming those electors are not legitimate, I want you to appoint electors that will support me. Mm-hmm. This is not this is not let's redo the election. This is not let's let the litigation show which states need to have uh, you know, need to uh, do hold another election so that it can be legitimate. This is saying, let's just put people in who will vote for me, and we'll call it good, right? That's that's naked corruption. Mm-hmm. And he's not he's not using violence to do it, but he is trying to make it happen. That's that's pretty raw corruption there. Um, and it's and it's terrible. And is that a threat to democracy? If if people go, hey, I didn't. The election happened, and maybe there were some sketchy things in it. Maybe there weren't. Uh, the courts didn't find any, and I'm inclined to think that it was it was 
as above board as we're going to get an election. Um, the then you have the uh, then you have the president come in and like sweep away the results and just have people come in and say, "Yeah, it's you." Yeah, you know, yeah, you're going to be president. That's that is classic dictator. Like that's classic stuff. <laughs> now, as I said, it could have been worse. He could be he could be holding these people at gunpoint or something. But uh, but but that he encouraged them to do it is super wrong. And it's a good thing that they refused. They refused, and that's good for them. Yeah, and so that and so so that I think that action combined with a couple other actions are the the ones that we agree were a definite violation and there were a couple more that went along with that. You know, the other part of it was he pushed the state governors and other state officials to not certify Biden's election by the electoral college and and that was a significant action that paralleled the trying to choose new electors. And in many cases, I think trying to choose new electors was a result of them choosing to certify Biden. You know what I mean? At first, he tried yes. to get them to not certify Biden's win. And when that yes. didn't work, he tried to get them to choose new electors. And when that didn't work, he stalled and 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 pushed and whined and complained. But at that point, basically, he had he had stopped the significant yeah. actions that were such a violation. You know what I mean? Because there, yes. there were other things he continued to do. He tried to get Pence to uh, to uh, not certify at the level of the or to or to throw out certain states, mm-hmm. right? Based on the fact that the the that there was supposed corruption there and it wasn't resolved and it wasn't clear that those votes should have been certified. Um, again, this this is a clear violation of the Constitution in terms of the states are supposed to verify it. Pence did exactly what he was supposed to do. Um, good for Pence. Um, yeah, and 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 it's interesting that you mentioned that because there is definitely a narrative here that that is fascinating from from the terms of a, a democracy that repeatedly Trump pressured Republicans, you know, people who are on his side to do yes. things to keep him in power, and some went along with it, but time and time again. He was stopped by Republicans who were not willing to go along with it because they understood their constitutional responsibility. And Mike Pence was one of those who put a stop to things like alternative electoral colleges because he said no, electoral voters, because he said, no, I'm not going to certify those alternate electors. That is outside of my constitutional role. I am just going to fulfill my constitutional role and nothing else. And that's similar to the response as he got from, you know, these governors and these state officials who said, no, we're not going to falsify results. We're not going to get in the way of the election process because they respected those processes and they respected this institution of democracy more than they cared about supporting their candidate, more than they cared about staying in power. And that I think needs to be seriously considered by those who are pushing this anti-Trump agenda is understand, yes, Trump was off the rails, but the Republican Party was not. The Republican Party was not united by Trump united behind Trump in an effort to overturn the election. On the contrary, the Republican Party 
the vast majority of the Republican Party said we are not going to participate in anything that is unethical and a violation of this process. Yes, the officials, the Republican officials. The Republican officials, absolutely. Mm -hmm. They held true, and that's not how it's presented. No, it's presented as if as if Trump's actions are uh, uh, make the whole party look reprehensible. Now there were there were senators who tried to delay using legislative tactics, you know, to delay the certification and to try and put more pressure on uh, on Pence. Um, but again, these are these are within the rules. You can delay things in the legislature. You can uh, you can do pressure things. The, the that those things were were relatively minor compared to Trump trying to replace the electors. Um, uh, it, one more thing that's worth noting here in terms of Trump's, Trump's actions, uh, uh, the, again, a dictator who's willing to hold power at some point in here usually says, due to current events, we're declaring a state of emergency. Yeah, martial law. And they bring in uh, forces that stop the procedures and they do a recount. And they conclude that their recount shows that they won, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. and, and then they stay in power. They, they seize control of the entire process. Now, Trump was pressuring the process at every point he could, mm -hmm. or at least at every key point. Yeah, he was willing the, to manipulate. He was willing to break the rules in a very time corrupt and time manner. again. Mm -hmm. But he was not willing to use actual blunt force. He wasn't willing to bring the full weight of the military in order to keep himself in power, which is something he could have tried to do. He could have tried. Yes, he could have tried. Again, I think it would have had the same result that asking Pence and asking the state Republicans uh, and to to uh, to do sketchy things would have had. I think they would have refused. Um, Trump at one point tried to uh, declare a special investigation into the uh, into the uh, I guess just into, into the, election the election results in general. Um, and this, the, the attorney uh, general wouldn't do it. Attorney general refused and then resigned. And he tried to appoint somebody who would, and everybody in part of the, in part of the justice department said they would resign if he appointed that guy. Mm -hmm. And so it ended up going nowhere, but even if it had gone somewhere, it would have been, uh, people declare investigations and things they don't like all the time. That's a, that's kind of the prerogative mm -hmm. of the president, but even that didn't go anywhere. Right. It's, it's interesting that if you were to take away and you should not take away that our democracy is fragile from this. It was tested at several points and rebuffed him at each point. Mm -hmm. And while Trump revealed himself, I think, to be very corrupt and dangerously so, um, as far as we know, he never reached for the military, which is, which is good. That's, <laughs> you, you, you don't want it to have even, you don't want that to have ever been on the table. You don't want any of this to have been on the table, but that especially, right? that would be even more frightening. Um, I am. I would be extremely uncomfortable supporting Trump in the future, based on this alone. Based right? on we this alone, yeah. Regardless of everything politics, else. even if even if his, you are, he was your ideal candidate, you wouldn't want to vote yes. for him because he demonstrated he that he cares more about his own legacy than he does about, you know, American government. You know, about than about good government. That he was willing to throw the bat, you know, the baby out with the bathwater in order to stay in power. Yes, and and one of the reasons we didn't again to the partisanship of this issue, I'm sure that nobody is happy 
with this assessment, right? We were not hard <laughs> enough on Trump or we were, or we are overrating his, uh, you know, his corruption. Um, it, it's the funny thing with him. It pushes people to extremes. And so for us to come down somewhere in the middle and say, it's a great way to alienate uh, everyone. It's a good, it's a great way to alienate everyone. Which is something um, we like to do periodically. So <laughs> I liked some of what Trump did. He did some things that I, that not in regards to the election. But in policy, he did some things that no other president would have done. And I'm not sure why he did them, but they were wonderful. Right? He, they didn't make sense with the other things he was saying because he didn't seem to have a coherent uh, philosophy that, that you'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense that he did that. But he did it and it, it was great. And then other things is like, are we returning back to mercantilism in the anyway? He was a no, mixed bag in so I, many ways. And, and speaking of him being a mixed bag. As we're, we're looking at what he did after the election and trying to draw a, a big picture, obviously there was corruption. Obviously he crossed the line and obviously he threatened our democracy. It's worth noting a couple of things though. If you look at Trump's presidency, you'll see a lack of consistency. And when you look at his actions, after the election, you'll see that same inconsistency that when I look at it, I don't think he had some grand plan of how no. he was going to overturn the election. This was not some massive conspiracy. This is someone who had bought into his own rhetoric, I think to at least some degree, where he was considering the possibility that the election might have been fraudulent. And even if it wasn't fraudulent, you know, more people who didn't vote would have actually voted for him. So he really had the mandate of the people, regardless of what the election said, which obviously is not how it works. But I can see him buying into his own propaganda. Yes, yes. Because he's so ego egotistical. You know, I mean, this has been his world for so long. It's his own ego. Yeah. But then him frantically trying to come up with a way to stay in power. And that's what you see with all of these things. You know, you see these rapid fire lawsuits looking for any possible reason why the election was fraudulent. Many of the things he did were stalling tactics that didn't have yeah. a clear end goal in mind. You know, yeah, um, we need buy him time to find more things that maybe would stick. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It was it was it was this this it was a frantic and desperate act more than anything else is what I'm saying, which doesn't justify it, but it's worth illustrating the fact that I don't think this was some massive conspiracy to overturn the government. And that's, and that's worth, worth noting as well. I mean, for example, one of the things that occurs after the presidential election is there's a transition process where basically the new president starts moving in, not to the residents, but into the position of power. We're talking access to agencies, participation, part participation, man, <laughs> participation, if you add more syllables, it's a better word. <laughs> Participation in things like security briefings. So he starts knowing what's going on, um, actually having his staff move into offices so they can start learning about and taking over some right. of these, these functions, you know, um, government websites. All of this stuff plays a part in that transition. And Trump initially delayed that transition longer than normal normal as soon as the election is certain you know that transition starts and trump delayed it by a couple of weeks but by the end of november 
Biden was getting security briefings, the transition had started, and that process was taking place. And that process in and of itself is an acknowledgement of the fact that Trump is no longer going to be president soon. And why would he do something like that if he had a conspiracy, a plan from the beginning to never give up power? You know what I mean? I remember leading up to to January 20th, there were discussions of, is Trump going to walk away peacefully? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Is he going to say, I'm going to stay in the White House and I'm not going to leave? And there was a lot of question in the air about what he was going to do. When in reality, that decision had already been made, you know, almost two months before at the end of November, when he started handing over the instruments of power. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's overlooked, I think, when you're looking at all of these facts. Is it's overlooking the fact that that Trump didn't use the military. He didn't declare martial law. He didn't try and seize all of the, you know, the, the ballots, the ballots in order to do a recount. And he didn't resist the transition of government in ways that he that he could have. Right, right. And, and I put, don't that think puts- that happened because he was a good person. I think that happened because – as <laughs> egotistical as he is, he was not actually insane. He's not actually insane, not actually willing to to cross certain lines, though certainly clearly willing to cross some. Others. Um, it's, it's interesting. It puts him somewhere in the middle. There's there's the vision of the left that, that Trump was the evil dictator, that from the beginning he had planned this, from the beginning he was never going to leave power, and that it was some it was by some miracle and the backbone of, of a few people that kept him from becoming this this perpetual tyrant. There's some truth to that in that if these people had gone along with it, maybe Trump would have remained in power and he would have been happy with that. Or maybe there could have been a real challenge to our democracy in the sense that yes. you could have split government. You could have – I mean theoretically, these things could even lead to civil war. You know what I mean? If he involved yeah. the military and some agreed with him and some didn't agree with him, you could actually see a civil war break out, right? Like those things are possible – but we also didn't actually get close to that happening in this election. Like it, yes, it in wasn't, practice, we were never close. It was to never it. Yeah. close. Now it, it didn't necessarily look that way all, the whole time. Mm-hmm. But uh, but but in retrospect, we can see that it was actually much. We were much more secure than we than we expected. Um, but th- he was he was not willing to cross some lines, but he was cert- or all lines, but he was willing to cross some. Is very clear. The Republicans had this view that he's being completely misaligned. And, and even the ones that think that he lost the election um, are willing to defend him on a, you know, and say, well, he's not, he's not this evil dictator. He was willing to do some extremely alarming and corrupt things mm-hmm. to remain in power, mm-hmm. including throwing out the election and simply appointing people who will vote for him yeah. as electors, right? That's, that's a. It's unambiguous as, you know. <laughs> Yes, I can't. I cannot imagine justifying that. You know, that's 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 corruption. That's really naked, really evil corruption. And I think I think it's inexcusable. Mm-hmm. I think it should. I think it should be sufficient. That alone. Not we're not even talking about January sixth, right? Which is again for whatever reason gets all the attention. That alone should preclude him from office in the future. People should say no. You're going to get in and you're going to be willing to do terrible things to remain in power afterward. You're going to bend the, you're going to entirely break rules and you're going to encourage corruption in other people to help support you and keep you there. 
Mm-hmm. That's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And that's and that is further than, as far as I know, anyone else has gone in the presidency. Uh, I, there there are probably some parallels at some point. I'm just not familiar with them off the top of my head. But maybe it, maybe it is even singular in in American history. And and what's interesting is is I think about that and I think about why why he's able to re- retain the popularity that he has and and the answer is because of the the partisan aspect of it because because when the left has gone after Trump they haven't just gone after Trump they've gone after Trump as the representative of all conservatives and so yeah. as a conservative individuals feel like they have to either defend Trump or surrender themselves for the same punishment he's receiving you know what i mean and, yeah. and so it encourages people to defend Trump and to not look into those details rather than to admit their wrongdoing by being a part of Trump's party. You know what I mean? By supporting Trump in the first place. You know, millions and millions of people voted for Trump. And so if Trump was always this way, if Trump was from the beginning an evil dictator who was seeking, you know, the destruction of the American way of life, that doesn't leave much wiggle room for Republicans to repudiate Trump while also staying Republican. It's true, and, and the reverse is true to some degree, and you know, the Democrats are so quick to see evil in it. And Anyway, they're not, the sides are not communicating, um, and as often is the case, the truth here is somewhere in the middle. Um, but but in the middle, in a place where where I I hope he doesn't run again. I really don't want him to run again. No, and if he runs and, again, he'll probably get the and in in a middle. But also, the left is more right than the right in this case. And that's that's a terribly worded statement. <laughs> <laughs> the Democrats, yes, in terms of have in terms more of the conclusion, how you should view Trump. Yes, and how you should view Trump going forward. Um, uh, yes, you, there there is something terrifying there uh, that you should be aware of and that you should and, reject and people being terrified at the time is justified by what is justified did. the fact that it wasn't actually as close as it seemed doesn't mean they were wrong to be afraid they were absolutely right to be worried about what trump was going to do and what that was going to cost america that was reasonable yes and, and i'll gladly take some of the responsibility for why that's not clear to people because it wasn't clear to me until I don't think I really appreciated how far he went until just recently. Yeah. In the last couple of months, I've been stewing on it mm-hmm. and then finally concluded, yes, this is unambiguous and it should be stated um, that he went way too far, way too far into the realm of naked corruption and on a scale that was a legitimate threat. You know, and, and, and it's not in the ways that everyone talks about, which is what drives me crazy. <laughs> we would have we would have got there sooner if we weren't so busy talking about how January sixth was much less than what people think it was. Mm-hmm. Right? If we're, mm-hmm. We weren't responding to overreactions. No, and and it is hard because I know for me at least part of my uninterest in this is because I had been used to four years of Trump doing crazy things and the left blowing it out of proportion, right? That was the game that was being played. The political game that was being played is Trump would say something and the left would be like, he's trying to destroy the world or, you know what I mean? Like it was always the most extreme thing. And so after the election, 
Trump said this is this is fraudulent and the and the left is like he's trying to overthrow the election and I was like yeah sure he is you know what I mean <laughs> I just I just ignored it yeah yeah well and that's and I think that's what a lot of people did with what he said uh, I think the healthy people often just ignored what he said because it was often irrelevant even to what he was doing but yeah it's it 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 was a mess. I feel like I feel like some important things about Trump got buried in the partisanship and got mm-hmm. buried in in reporting that tried to minimize things and re- and respond to outrage and then just the outrage reporting that was over the top on every little thing he did. Uh, people were complaining about him launching launching all of the the uh, cases in the courts. That's what's supposed to happen. Yeah, that's that's how you can walk away and say actually there wasn't really any signs of corruption on a scale that would allow you to say the the mm-hmm. to overturn the election because those were worked out in the courts and because they looked at them every one of these got some time everyone every one of them got an investigation when it was necessary right that's that's reassuring mm-hmm. and that's helpful you don't want them to just be like oh no just believe the results even though there's a lot of stories out there about how it's corrupt you want to yeah, you yeah. want to go through those stories mm-hmm. unfortunately you need to you need to but anyway We'll pause there for today then, unless you have anything else you want to add, Brad. Yeah, I'd just say, you know, for those of those of you who are listening who who like me haven't haven't looked into in great detail what actually happened after the election in terms of what Trump did, look into it because there is definitely more than than January sixth, which is where all the attention is focused on, and which isn't, you know, the attempted coup that everyone describes it as, but there's there's more than actually happened here, and it's it's worth looking into because it is important, and and yeah, and and I and it's it's worth looking into even if you're not trying to to score political points like many on the, on the left are trying to do. All right, with that, thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Rethinking Politics. You can find us on all of the major podcasting apps or on YouTube. You can reach out to us at rethinkingpoliticspodcast at gmail.com or you can visit our website at rethinkingpolitics.podbean.com where you can support us via Patreon. Thanks and have a wonderful day.